was in that mindset of this is just not the next entrepreneurial thing to do. Let's, let's just think about it. To buy some cows. This is such a weird time in life. This is obviously what we should do. Obviously. <laughs> Become cow farmers. <laughs> we know nothing about this, but we might as well. Part two of my conversation with Amy Thomas is here. If you missed part one, please go back and listen to that, episode 11A. So here we are finishing up the conversation with my wife, Amy. She's just shared about her desire to lead others, her personal growth and confidence. And now we come to her childlike prayer and what that means to our family and the adventure that we're currently on. So I hope you enjoy this very special episode with my wife, Amy, and a special guest. Welcome to the Become a Provider podcast, a show about how people bless and protect others and how you can do the same. I'm your host, Justin Thomas. Let's begin. Speaking of trying something new, I think this is a great story to mention. Yeah, might as well. And it goes with one of the books that impacted you was The Praying Life of Asking for Childlike Prayers. So share with us about that childlike prayer. One day I was driving past our road and I look out. We have cows in our backyard and I looked out on the field and I saw the cows and I don't know what made me pray it. But I just saw this beautiful cows, and I and I love them. I grew up on a cattle farm, so I love cows. I just looked out, and I said, God, will you give me those cows? Will you, I don't know how. I don't know why. I don't know what you're going to do, but will you give me those cows? I, just, I do. I remember saying it just like that. Will you give me those cows? I feel like that's such a weird phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I prayed. And that's one of the tenets of the praying life just to have that childlike prayer request i think yeah maybe i just read you're the doing book it yeah. And I, yeah i felt like it's your growth moment i just looked at him and i said i want that it's like a little kid god will you give me an ice cream <laughs> yes here's an ice cream <laughs> here's a cow for that ice cream yeah. and so what happened next so then i mean gosh it was a couple weeks later i mean pretty quickly that the farmer who leases the farm was over fixing the fence because a baby calf had gotten out. We were outside and I walked up to him and I said, Hey, how's your day going? He was like, you want to buy some cows? <laughs> and I was, I just laughed. That's so funny. And I knew he was frustrated and it was a hard day and he probably didn't want to be out fixing fences and maybe it was even a Sunday. And, and so I just laughed and we chatted some more and, and then I walked away and then I really felt God nudging me and saying, you care about those cows. That's your backyard. You look at those cows every day. So you need to know what's happening and what that part, like, does that farmer really want to sell those cows? I walked back over and I said, I'm sorry to bother you, but do you really want to sell your cows? I mean, he's older gentleman. And, and so I knew at some point, he would want to get out of it. And I said, you know, what's going on? And he said, yes, ma'am, I really, you know, some things have come up with family and I really need to get out. I really have to get out soon. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, let me talk to my husband. I don't know what this is. I don't know if this is even a thought we could entertain. 
But let me talk to my husband because we really care about these cows. They're a backyard and the girls love them and they feed them. And, you know, I don't want anything to change with this. He said, all right, I mean, I, you know, I got a tractor for you. I'll fill the barn up with hay. Like, you let me know. And I said, okay, I'll get back in touch with you. And I came back inside and I think I waited until we put the girls to bed. And, and I said, I've got some. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay. What do you remember about that? I remember thinking of Warren Buffett, the famous investor. And he always says the way he buys businesses is when that entrepreneur, that founder is exhausted and has a bad day. And they're ready to sell in that moment. And they're super motivated. And I thought, maybe this is one of those moments. Because we had recently had the experience of starting another company. And my core business, we put on hold with COVID-19 in the health coaching world as companies decided, gosh, you know, we're going to pay for this or not pay for this. And then out of need and demand, working with one of our customers and starting a face mask company, I was in that mindset of this is just not the next entrepreneurial thing to do. Let's, <laughs> just let's think about it. To buy some cows. This is such a weird time in life. <laughs> this is obviously what we should do. Obviously. <laughs> Become cow farmers. <laughs> We know nothing about this, but we might as well. That's right. It's like, I've learned how to create an e-commerce website. Why can't we also learn how to become cattle farmers? Yeah, you've driven a tractor yeah, once. I've driven, I've literally driven a tractor <laughs> twice in my life. Twice. Twice. <laughs> we got this. So, that was such just another adventure moment, but another one that was driven by a word from God, and then just saying, hey, let's explore this. And then, and then that's what I encourage you to do, is like, let's explore it. So, that's yeah. what we did. Called back up the farmer and went over to his house and just had a sit-down conversation with him. It just felt right. And I I mean, honestly, I did not know what you were going to say when I said, hey, the farmer wants to get out. He needs to sell his cows. And I just threw it out there. And I thought you would be like, oh, we have way too much going on. Or I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I thought you were going to say. But I mean, when you were like, this is a Warren Buffett moment. What? Are we really going to talk about this? Are we really potentially going to go on this adventure? It surprised and didn't surprise me because we've been on a lot of adventures and a lot, and we've done a lot of crazy things. But then at the same time, didn't want to get my hopes up because it's kind of like my secret dream to run a homestead and, and to have all these animals and create my own food and have this life on the farm with the girls. So I was kind of giddy but didn't want to didn't want to get too excited about it so when we talked with the farmer and got the details and and he just has such faith in us i don't know why necessarily he just thinks that we're smart young people and we'll figure it out this is the part that i wanted to say and here's a clip from the farmer where we actually recorded him. I said, hey, Mr. Crabtree, can I record you? He said, sure. <laughs> and this is what he said. I wanted to just record your voice of what do you think about Amy and me taking this cattle farm over? I'm all for it. I think it's a wonderful thing. Now that y'all are aware that you're not going to get rich. And... 
I don't know what kind of money you make, and I don't care. But apparently, you got a darn good job, or you wouldn't even be thinking about this. <laughs> so I'm fine with that, you know. I, and this is what I have told Amy when we were talking all the time. I don't want to do anything to make y'all think I'm trying to push you into something that no, is not going to be good for you. Mm -hmm. And if you're going into it with your eyes wide open and with ideas and things you want to do and progress and make this thing profitable, and and it's great, and it'll be good for Donna and Meyer too. And it'd be good for me. It gets me one more headache that I don't have to worry about. Wonderful. So that I can stay at home a little more. What else? Well, we look forward to learning from you. Yeah. I'll tell you everything I know and take it for what it's worth. And you don't have to do it just the way I do it, just because that's the way I do it. It's just the way I do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know to tell you. That's good. <laughs> You've been doing it a long time. Well, I've been been in the business a good while. Yeah, how yeah. long have you been working with cows? Since 1972. 1972? On my own. I grew up on a, grew up on a diversified farm. We had cattle, we had hogs, we had chickens, we had tobacco, corn, wheat, hay, you name it. My daddy had it. Wow. He raised 10 children during the Depression and paid for two farms cash during the Depression as a tenant farmer. He was not stupid other than raising a bunch of stupid kids. <laughs> daddy raised it and my mama kept it. Mm. We never went hungry. We never needed food. We never needed clothes. We thought we were having it tough, but we had it better than most of the kids around. Mm. But I never, ever... Because Mama died when I was 12 years old. But I never remember a single time that there was not food left on our table after the 10 of us got through eating. Three meals a day on a wood cook stove. How she did it, I have no idea. But Daddy planted a big garden. He put, if most people killed two hogs to go in a smokehouse, he'd put four. He'd sell what he did, what we didn't eat. But we had plenty. Wow. We had three or four thousand hens, layers, Dow. that we sold eggs every week. And that's what the cash flow was, and tobacco was a big deal. Wow. So that's kind of the way it was. I knew about flunked out of college because of the tobacco. Because you had to work so much? <laughs> it's a funny story. Not funny either, but it is a... I guess it might say a, a funny story. As soon as we got the crop planted in the spring, Daddy got Lon, um, um, John, John, yellow mm -hmm. John. Well, he spent three or four weeks in the hospital. Well, there were three of us there. My older brother that lived there on the farm that took over, and my dad, which was 65 years old at the time, and myself, which is a teenager in college. Mm. Well, it was a dry summer. I mean, you're talking about dry. It did not rain. Well, I didn't have any money because I was waiting for the, you know, the crop. So I got a job in, in Durham working at New Trade Tire Company, pulling recap tires. So I'd leave there and I'd go to the hospital and back and forth and back and forth. And so three, four, five, six, eight, ten weeks into that, my older brother's came by the house and I was getting ready to go to work. 
he said, you need to tell Mr. Ray that this is going to be your last week. And I said, school don't start until September. He said, we got a tobacco crop. And I said, you crazy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> that was my word. Yeah. So that night I went by and told Daddy, I said, tell him what Doug said. He said, well, you probably need to listen to him. Mm. And he said, when you get home tonight, he said, go out there and look and see. Well, it had rained. And that little old tobacco that was about like this, the last time I looked at it, was like this. I mean, all it needed it's was one a... one rain. You know. Wow. He said, we got to get in the field. So I quit work and... We start well. When we should have started harvesting in mid-August, mm. it's first of September before we could get started to harvesting. Mm. Well, school started then, about the tenth day of September. So I go to class in the morning, come home to work in the afternoon. <laughs> Needless to say, I got behind. Oh, no, your schoolwork. <laughs> I think. I think of the first four or five exams I, I took, I think about 50 was the highest grade I had. And at that time, if I plucked out of school, I went to Vietnam. Oh. I mean, they had my list, name right on top of the list. As long as you're in school, you're deferred. But if you're not married and you're not in school, your number is at the top of the list. Mm. So I kind of got busy and got enough to stay in school. But uh, anyway, to make a long story short, from a crop that I thought was going to be a total disaster, we made all of our poundage. Wow. And Daddy came home from the hospital and went to work the day I went to school. Perfect trade. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but life goes on. Wow. But we kept right on doing what we were doing. Wow. All right, well, I'll get you a bill of sale. Let me go down here and show you the numbers. Yes, sir. And then we'll go from there. The adventure begins. All right. If y'all are determined you're going to do it, I'm going to help you do it and advise you. That's our latest way of providing. Providing a farm lifestyle for our children. Yes, we've gone from, you know, exploring living uh, anywhere in the country, doing an RV tour. Yeah, we, we were open to anywhere. Right, and also living abroad, do that for a season, and then getting into this world of home exchanges and mm. traveling that way to then well, thinking. And before that, even, is. I mean, we were living like suburbia life where we were in the research triangle, and then to move out here was the start of that, you know, getting more land, more space backing up to a cattle farm where you could see cows every day and, and feeling a little more like Southwest Virginia. And then this is just the logical next step. <laughs> expanding my homestead. My secret agenda. <laughs> but I'm so glad you're on board for it. It is fun. Well, thank you for doing this tonight. As uh, we wrap up, what other things? This might be something new for me to learn about you, just like you sharing about leading the next version of the fellowship with the women. What are other things that you're hoping to be provided for? I think you're an amazing provider, and I think that I feel very blessed to have you. That you always want to grow. You're helping others do the same. It's a rare trait to authentically want to see and help people grow closer to God and just become better men, like better husbands and better athletes and better physically, emotionally, mentally, everything. Like, I feel like you're, it's rare that 
to find such an encourager. I feel like you're a really good encourager and you're you're doing a good job encouraging me and really helping me find things that bring me joy and people that bring me joy and encouraging me in that. Not many husbands would be up for buying cows because they're what like it would bring their wife joy. And I mean not many women would be <laughs> would be uh be brought joy by cows. But it does. I mean, I literally wake up in the morning thinking about cows and pasture management and what are the next tools I want to buy. Like, that's a, a different lifestyle we lead, but it's really fun to do. Anything else that you want to encourage women in? Gosh, I just really, really want to encourage women in their confidence. I just saw what an impact that made. If you can remind people of who they are and that they're not broken, and that there's nothing to be ashamed of, and that they're not, I don't know, they're not, they're hurt, or their disappointments in life don't define who they are, that they're a whole person, that God's made them beautiful the way they are. I just really want women to know that they're awesome, and that, <laughs> and that we're so powerful, and especially when we come together and encourage each other rather than drag each other down and and nitpick like we're so good at nitpicking (laughs) the majority of women are good at pointing out things that are wrong but if we can be more of encouragers to each other and build each other up and love on each other gosh it's it can be so powerful i don't know we i mean we can change our marriages we can change our families and we can provide not just provide cooking and cleaning We can provide strength and we can show our kids that we can learn new things like cattle farming. And recently we've been, Penny and I have been building new things like mud kitchens and we can show them how to use power tools and we don't have to wait for somebody to show us how to do things. I feel like women just need to take it in their hands and decide they're going to do something and do it. Just do it. Like who cares what people think? Stop second-guessing yourself. I feel like so many women second-guess themselves or just aren't confident in their decisions. And they don't feel like they can step forward because they don't know a definite yes. But sometimes you just need to go with your gut and just do it. And I feel like men do that. (laughs) Men, like, are so... Oh, yeah, I feel like I can do that. Let's just go for it. And women are like, well, let me weigh weigh the pros and cons. Let me think about how it would impact others. And and that's great to do, too. But (laughs) sometimes you just got to take action. Like You just got to decide you want to build a mud kitchen and break out your power tools and build a mud kitchen. (laughs) And I don't need to wait for you. Like, you taught me once how to use the saw, and then Penny and I build it. You know, it's like okay, I learned this, and I can do this by myself, and I don't have to wait on anybody else. I don't have to depend on someone else. It's a weird thing, because a marriage is a partnership, for sure. Like, we're partners. But at the same time, we both have our individual dreams and our goals and our things that bring us life, things that make us wake up thinking about them in the morning, different things that motivate us in life. And it's so fun for you to encourage me and those and me to encourage you and those individual goals and things. But then at the same time, I think a lot of women fall into the category of let me just support my husband and his goals and his career. And, and I'm just here to raise the kids. 
And as a stay-at-home mom, it might look like that's me. And I might have been that. Like, my mindset might have probably was more so of, like, how can I just support you? But I think you've done a really good job at pulling out the deep down dark inward desires of my heart and pulling out my confidence that we could make them happen. You know, I'll always remember when you had a job and you said, you know, you don't have to do that. I don't have to do I mean, it's my job. I have to do it. And you were like, no, it's just a job. You could quit and you could do this and you could do anything you want. And I was like, wow. I could do anything I want. What would I want to do? And you said, you asked me that. What would you want to do? Okay, well, if that's something you want to do, let's try it out. Let's just go part-time at that job and do this part-time. And, and I did, and I figured out I didn't want to do that. <laughs> you know, but, but just the idea of being able to try something new and switching, and, and it's not the end of the world to change up things and and to move across country or to buy an RV or to buy cows or it's not gonna break you trying new things is not gonna break you and you can survive and you can thrive and I think it's a more exciting life Thank you for listening to this episode. Before you take off, I wanted to ask if you would enjoy getting a short email from me every Wednesday called A Kind Word. It provides a little positivity to help you get over hump day. It's free and shares highlights of things that have brought me joy over the past week. If you want to start getting a kind word from me, simply sign up at justinthomascoaching.com by entering your email address and you'll get the next one. That's justinthomascoaching.com. Thanks again for listening. Bless and protect.